Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. And before we start with the show tonight, which is the first show of 2020, most of you probably know by now that John Rhodes is no longer with Rabbit and Red Radio. This is very sad, but we came to a mutual agreement and he has another podcast venture that he would like to focus on called the creep club podcast um there's an instagram account um, a facebook group Um, if i can find the links i'll post them in the write-up for this episode so give them a follow or join the group Um, He'll pop up here as a guest, I'm sure, from time to time. Uh, I wish him all the best. Um, He still is very much like a brother to me. And um, I love him very much. In certain respects. So without further ado, 
I'm going to introduce the new, my new co-host of Rabbit and Red Radio, Amber Stewart. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, no complaints. Today was a good day. I had a successful um, interview earlier for a part-time job as a bartender slash server. Um, Oh, very nice. You know, just got to make some, got to make some uh, steady money while I'm pursuing my uh, dreams, like my path to uh, become a personal trainer and a tattoo artist. I'm currently um, in the last steps of my personal training exam, and I'm finishing phase one of my tattoo apprenticeship with Body Art and Soul Tattoo. Yes. Now, I, I definitely need some sort of personal trainer. If you were to look at me, you would see... <laughs> that um yes it's, Listen, it's personal it's personal fun. trainers need personal trainers okay <laughs> like the the problem with like the media is that everybody shoves a certain demographic in your face and um the these personal trainers have this image of like this cocky individual and i, I want to help change that you know like i'm not some like a full of myself cocky individual who just wants to show off my muscles i actually believe in health and um i want to help women especially find their um we reach their fitness goals because we all have them you know right. it's just it needs to be in perspective it's not something that's out of reach and like you know something that's just completely unrealistic so how do you go about training to be a per- like what is that like how does that happen how like what do you do uh, well, for me i found um a pretty cool online course and mm-hmm. before i decided to take one course i you know shopped around looked into things and because you know i wasn't going the hands on class route because of mm-hmm. it was just cheaper to do it that way you know through classes and through exams online which I get the books and all the material mailed to me. And then it's up to me to complete the courses and complete all the work, which I did do. Um, mm-hmm. Takes a lot of, like, you do have to be the one to force yourself to make study time, you know. Um, so I, I really did have to come up with my own schedule to make study time, get my quizzes done, and then also do my part on, um, you know, watching videos for the course and extra learning on this, you know, all sorts of things that kind of just shape you into who you want to become. <clears throat> wow. That seems... Also, I spent money on it, so I don't well, want to, <laughs> I don't want to waste that. Yeah. That's, that's the important. I mean, it really does sound like you have an awesome amount of dedication. I mean, cause it seems like it's a lot of work. I don't, uh, I know that it's... like, I definitely wouldn't be able to do all that. It is, it is a lot of work, um, mostly just because, like, I want people to look at me and know that I walk the talk, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. anyone could just pick something up and learn about it, but are you really who you say you are, you know? And right. I want people to be able to trust me and also recommend people to me, and, and that's pretty much the same thing with um, tattooing. It's something that's it's a permanent art form that can either get you filled with diseases or get you some beautiful artwork, you know? Right. Like there's a a good way and there's a shitty way to do things. (laughs) And well, I'm sure you're doing it the good way and not the shitty way. So we're good there, I I would think. Um, 
now the thing is, uh, um, I just turned, uh, 40, I guess in September of last year. So, all right. Uh, I was, yeah, it's too old. Um, but, um, see, I have a high pain threshold, but I am deathly afraid of getting a tattoo just because I think it's going to hurt very bad and I don't want to deal with that. So does it hurt? Everybody tells me now, see, I've heard different stories from different people. Some people say it hurts. Other people say it doesn't hurt. So what is it? (laughs) I mean, I guess it depends on where you get your tattoos because I have a few tattoos and some areas didn't hurt because there was more meat in that area. And then some areas really, really hurt because it was just on bone. So it it depends, but I mean, it's up to you. Well, so what you're saying is, all right, so what I'm thinking is if I were to get a tattoo, then I would probably get it like on my upper um, arm probably closer mm-hmm. to the shoulder so for for me not to feel pain um you're saying that i have to maybe get like uh cellulite or something and just pack it into my like you know i can um i don't know get like um the, <laughs> I all know, right I know. <laughs> i'll get like implants you know like implants yeah. <laughs> and like slice my arm open and stick the implant in them. I'll get like D cups and right. just stick them into my arm. And then that way it won't hurt. Mm, pretty much like any area that has muscle or, or is a fatty area or is a little yes. bit of both, it's going to hurt the least. But if it's close, you know, to your bone, right, just skin and bone right there, it's like on your wrist, for instance, that, that's really going to hurt or the instep right. of your foot. So that's really going to hurt, you know, right. Okay, so the fatter the better. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so then well, now see <laughs> if I if I would move to my ass, then the cheat. Mm, no, because then nobody would see it. I'm not going to go around mooning people just so they could see my tattoo. Right. Um, hey, why not? Well, you know, that, that, that's 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 not a pretty picture. No, that that's definitely not a pretty picture. Um, <laughs> Okay, and now for the question that I know people are probably chomping at the bit right now, and they're like, um, and I'm going to ask you this, and I'm sure that there's some people that people that are thinking, well, you know, you should have asked her before you even um, agreed to uh, bring her on to the gig. The Halloween franchise, how do you feel? Have you seen them? Oh, the Halloween, Michael Myers movies? Yes. Um, well, like the first three are genuinely still scary to me till this day. Okay. Um, so you notice, so you notice on Skype now, you're looking at my, at, at, at Skype and, uh, you see the, the Skype picture on the, um, uh, huh. okay. Do you know who that is? Like that guy, that's your picture. Oh my yeah. God. That's, uh, um, the doctor guy. Doctor, oh my detective, God. whatever he is. Okay, see? Okay, see, you passed that. You know that. Now, see, everyone listening, she knows this, so we're good. <laughs> I love, like, the Halloween franchise is my favorite. I love those movies. I mean, not I all of them. but Yeah, no, not all of them, but I will say the one Rob Zombie one was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be one of these sold-out, like, new-age 
trying to bring old school horror film movie back, but right. no, no, that was that one was pretty good. Right. Now, did you see both Rob Zombies or just the first one? Just the first one. I didn't see. Oh, you didn't the see the one. second one because the second one. Now, now, hear me out on this. The second one is actually better than the first one. Oh, what? That's crazy. Yeah. Now, see, you're making me feel like we need a movie night because you need to see these. We do. We do. We definitely do. And um, it should probably be like an event where people, you know, that'd be so much fun. Yeah. There, there's there's got to be something we can do. We'll have to try to work that out. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, I'm trying to move beyond that because... I've covered them ad nauseum over the last 10 years. Um, you know, you were really freaking me out for a second. I'm like, what is this question? Like, <laughs> what, what? well, here's something totally off topic, but I'm really okay. proud of. Okay. I successfully made my first pound cake today. It was actually a cream cheese pound cake and it came out perfectly moist and I'm about to have a piece. Oh, cream cheese. Yeah. The complex thing is that I love fitness and stuff, but I'm also a foodie. Right. And I like to bake, and I like to cook, and I like to drink wine, and, you know, oh. <laughs> every now and then. It's been a little bit since I baked, um, I made a dessert, like a few weeks. Right. Um, but this time around, I found this really awesome recipe on grandbabycakes.com of how to make um, a southern cream cheese pound cake. Wow. And it came out amazing. That's definitely not going to help my road to fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you can. Nobody said you can't have any any sweets. You just gotta, you know, balance it out. Moderation. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, with anything. So, well, what kind of wine do you drink? Because I'm more of like a. Um, yeah, I've tried like red wine and white wine, and I mean, I can drink them, but I'm more like I lean more toward the dessert wines and things like that. Hmm. I'm sorry, I just took a bite of the cake and it's so good that I just did a little dance to myself. Oh boy. <laughs> now see, that's that's something we have to get on video because I'm sure people would love to see that. Uh, no, I'm a, as far as wines go, I'm a dry, bitter, red wines type of girl. Like, I don't like the sweet stuff. I don't know why. It gives me like, makes me feel queasy. I don't like White wine, unless it's maybe some Riesling, but only a little bit. Right. But I like the dark red stuff. And if I had to name a few in case anyone's like, well, what wine do you know? Mm-hmm. Right now I'm drinking a box of Pinot Noir from California. Oh, but wow. no. <laughs> I like Chablis, Merlot, um, Sauvignon, Sangiovese. So, is wine better in a bottle or a box? Um, I think bottles are really pretty, but boxes have better prices and are oh. actually better for the econ or like the earth, you know. Oh, but taste, <laughs> but taste wise, do you think? Oh, honestly, no. Okay, taste wise, I would get it from the bottle every time if I had that sort of cash. Yeah, that's kind of. I know that can. It- get kind of expensive after you know depending on the year and all that stuff but i I actually would like to like over the next few years as i grow and mature into a a lovely adult lady Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Um, I would actually like to do become like a wine enthusiast and like there's actually an a, like an academy downtown for that teaches people. I'm sure it's expensive. I haven't looked into it. It's something that I enjoy. So I, I sometime in life, just to kind of mark it off my bucket list, be able to say that I went to a wine tasting and spit in the jar too. You know. <laughs> now, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so basically, what is it? You you take it, you take a sip, and you like uh, like you squish it around. Like, yeah, and you get it. You that's how you get to taste all the notes, the hints of the tobacco or chocolate or whatever mix they got. Wait, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay, so this is, I'm a novice, so don't laugh at me. Well, me too, though. They put tobacco in wine? Seriously. I don't know how they get that. I don't know how they, see, that's something I would like to be able to just, with my pinky out, say all knowingly, but I don't know how they do that. You mean put your, put your pinky, okay. I'm trying to, all right, hold on. Well... The hint of ah, tobacco because of, you know. Yes, the, the, the big, um, the sophisticated type. Yes, I see. Um, uh-huh. I could see myself, like, wearing, like, a monocle and uh, just doing that and, you know, oh. being, like, the Mr. Monopoly guy. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, and then you got to go, ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. See, you get it. <laughs> so what are some other stuff you're into? I know that we talked about anime, which I would really kind of like to get into at some point. Um, anime, I paint, I, I, I do play clarinet and drums fluently. Oh, do um, you? I do. I actually play, play double bass. I learned a few years ago and I've been playing for at least five years now. Um, I used to be a lot more of a metalhead than I am now. Right. Um, but it's, it's kind of, it's turned into like, it, it hasn't gone away. I've just grown, you know? Right. And, so, you know, I guess tastes change over the years. Yeah, as it should, I think. Right. You know? um, right. No, definitely. You, inv- you evolve as a person as time yeah. goes on. I get that. Mm-hmm. So I don't play double bass that much anymore. Mm-hmm. But I recently started playing just my snare again. I feel like my... It's been calling to me, and I've kind of been ignoring it, and then it finally just, I couldn't take it anymore, so instead of bringing the whole drum set down from the attic, I just brought my snare down. Well, you never know. Maybe soon enough you'll be getting that whole set down again. Yeah, actually, that's true. The truth is, I really need some new cymbals. I broke my last ones. Really? Well, I mean, I had it for a few years. did used to play, like, every day at one point. And the last time I played drums with them... Boy, now this is, I guess the last time I played drums, I was in high school. So that was maybe 95 or 96, I guess. Yeah, because, yeah, 96, I was a junior in high school, I guess. Yeah, that's, or no, no, I was a sophomore. That's, yeah, sophomore. And that was the last time I played drums. I don't know, uh, I don't know why I stopped, honestly. Well, just, I don't think you need a reason to stop or start. <laughs> I yeah, I guess it's just it's <laughs> just what you, what you feel, you know. That's mm-hmm. so. But like with anime, what type are you on? Like, what type are you into? What do you uh, like? What's your favorite? Okay, well, as far as that goes, I'm pretty much still a big baby. I love to watch Inuyasha mm-hmm. and Sailor Moon. Ah, and and Shin Chan, which is not big babyish of me, 
that's where like some of the adult humor comes into play. But mm-hmm. then besides that, I like the other ones like Bleach and Full Metal Alchemist and um, Cowboy Bebop. And um, yeah, actually, I, I really fell in love with Cowboy Bebop to the point where like I'd listen to, I heard one of their songs because they're known for like their their jazzy bluesy influence which actually is influenced by like john coltrane and miles davis oh really of whom, yeah of whom i'm huge fans of mm-hmm. um but i looked into their music and it's done by a, it's composed by a woman named yoko kano who actually mm. has the band called the seatbelt so she writes the music and composes the music and then it's the band itself is comprised of um i think like a few different, like a lot of, I don't know, like one of those big bands that you, like a Dave Matthews size band kind of, oh. you know, oh, and it's like, I mean, if I, if I, if they were touring, I'd go see them, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm talking about, right? As far as evolution in music goes, like there's so much in common that jazz and blues has to metal, mm-hmm. you know, when you think of like the spastic sounds or, or like the, the quick double time sound or like, you know, the snares and of course trumpets, but that also equals like when somebody's shredding it on the guitar, you know? Right. No, definitely. But it's all, it all goes hand in hand. It's all related. There is no difference. Everything is the same. Don't do anything. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what are some things you've been watching lately? I honestly, okay, last night I was I was working on my tattoo apprentice homework, and I, as soon as my boyfriend went to sleep, I put on Inuyasha, and then actually switched to Harry Potter, too, because I still watched it. So, tattoo apprentice, what is the homework for that, actually? What does that entail? Right now, I'm working on Flash, and Flash mm-hmm. is that, you know, that sheet art that you see hanging from the walls when you walk into a tattoo shop, and then you can, like, look and look through the flash basically and just see what the person can do like and and they're usually made up of like the the cliche tattoo so you'll see like stars or like a dagger and a heart you know what i mean like the typical go-to you didn't plan for a tattoo you're impulsively getting a tattoo right in off the street so you just want to go in and look at the stupid little stuff that they do right yeah every artist has to do that but that's not that's not somebody's specialty Oh, yeah, no, I, I get that. Wow. That's... I, right now, tend to do that three or four times a week, but I'm also in the phase where it's digital for me. Hmm. Even though I have a physical shop that I, I go to and I learn from, I'm in phase one. So phase one is mostly digital. So um, that's where I got my syllabus for the class. I got, you know, the folders full of examples, and hmm. that's where I'm that's what I'm learning to build from. And then I have my tattoo artist that I'm apprenticing under and her name is cash. She's pretty awesome. So when do you start actually like going to the shop and like doing, you know, moving beyond digital where you kind of start, like I would say within like two months from now, like altogether two months from now, because I'll be finished with phase one then Oh wow. two months or less. But the twist, the, like the bigger story here is that, This isn't my first rodeo. I started actually tattooing a few years ago when I used to live in Reading, PA. Right. And I kind of had a messed up crash course at this tattoo shop. 
um, which eventually went out of business. Um, and I kind of was left hanging in the balance without the rest of the skills that I needed. Up until that point, I'd already tattooed myself and some friends. And sometimes the tattoos were great. And then other times it was awful. Um, and that's just because I, not that I didn't have the artistic skill, but that I didn't have the technical knowledge. So, you know, I decided to go back to school all over again, start from ground zero. Like if I have no, no knowledge of it at all. Right. And I'm really, really happy. I made that choice. I'm really, really happy with this course. It's really beneficial for me and I'm excited to keep going with it. So I'm like, uh, you know, then then I'll use that to help me get some better art shows because I've had like, you know, a gallery showing here and there of some mm-hmm. artwork. Other times it'd be like a compilation show or where I'd like uh, me and a few friends would put on a big art performance where I'd have like my paintings up and then some other friends would read like spoken word or whatever their skill would be, you know. Mm-hmm. I, what I'm saying is I want to keep going and get into like better galleries as I become more known and like become a better artist, you know? I'm sure. Do you have, I guess, on, well, you're, uh, on Facebook, your profile picture, is that, in, is that art that you've done or? Yeah, that is. That's one uh-huh. of my oil pastel pieces. Um nice. For a while, it was um, my other modeling pictures, but I recently decided to, like, leave the whole modeling world. Um, I just kind of just grew out of it, long story short, you know? Mm. Oh, no, I can, you know, I can get, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, not knocking anybody that does it at all. I'm just saying, for me personally, I just grew out of it, that's all. I mean, I don't know, would you say that that would that that's kind of like a um, I mean I don't want to say like hard well, see because I don't know it seems like that might be like um, I don't know a harder lifestyle to kind of like keep up with I don't you know not that I know all that much about it but no and that's the thing like oh my gosh like don't get me wrong I love to dress up just like the next girl does you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I like to find any stupid reason to dress up. Like, if I just got a new pair of heels, I'm going to try to wear them to the grocery store or something. I don't know. But, like, yeah, the whole image thing is twisted. And it's just, and at first, for a few years, like, I was super into it. I'm telling you, like, I just wanted to do that. I never, like, I wanted to do that and tattooing. I was kind of just all over the place. And now, like, within the last year, that's when I decided to just, like, it doesn't fit it doesn't fit me anymore. I don't want to try to be something that I'm not just to be successful, you know? Right. Which once again, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not coming at anybody. I don't, I'm not talking bad about girls who, you know, really thrive for that. And that's their drive and, you know, more power to them. It just didn't work for me. Well, no, that's fine. You can, cause they suck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's 2020. You got to be extra careful. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, uh, I'm sure, like, in this day and age, there's a whole lot of, like, weirdos and creeps out there. And all oh, stuff. yeah, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to open that can of worms. I'm just no. trying to have my opinion. <laughs> right, no, exactly. Exactly. You don't need the weirdos. No, no, not at all. 
coming up after a break, we have Chris. I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Um, Chris, no, Tar. I, I don't have Facebook in front of me. So they're not I don't want to say You know, and it's funny because after I got him on the show, I literally went to his Facebook, and you know how they have the name pronunciation thing? I so, stared at it. I stared at it for like five minutes, and I was like, mm, mm, mm. I'm like, and I'm like, I got this, I got this, I got this, and now I forget it. Shit, I'm gonna have to go back and look. But um, we have um, Chris Notarily, I um, oh, and that Chris, I'm sorry if I that. something like that. If and Chris, if I butchered it, I'm sorry. But uh, we have an interview with him coming up after the break. So we will be right back. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. You understand? I don't hate her. I hate what she's become. I hate the illness. Wouldn't it be better if you put her someplace? You mean an institution? A madhouse? People always call a madhouse someplace, don't they? Put her in someplace. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to sound uncaring. What do you know about caring? Have you ever seen the inside of one of those places? The laughing and the tears. And the cruel eyes studying you. My mother there. But she's harmless. She's as harmless as one of those stuffed birds. I am sorry. I, I only felt... It seems she's hurting you. I meant well. People always mean well. They cluck their thick tongues and shake their heads and suggest oh so very delicately. Of course, I've suggested it myself. But I hate to even think about it. She needs me. It's not as if she were a, a maniac, a raving thing. 
she just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? <laughs> I'm here. Awesome. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. Sorry for all the complications today. That's quite all right. <laughs> so, how are you doing? How's your day going? Pretty good. So, I'm I'm just excited, that's all. Yeah, I just saw your fan film, and that was actually really awesome. Awesome. I super dig stuff like the Twilight Zone, and I kind of got that feel from it. So I'm really excited to hear like your point of view, where you were coming from. Well, um, I realized that uh, you know it was 2020, and Psycho was officially 60 years ago, um, <laughs> and uh, my friend had suggested that I do a Psycho fan film, and I was like, I don't know, I, I don't really think there's much of a story, and. She's just like, well, listen, hear me out. And she said, what if you do something while he's in the insane asylum? And I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, that's not a bad idea. So I just figured, all right, he spent 22 years locked up. What the hell is he doing all that time? You're right, yeah. Yeah, at the end of Psycho, he uh, is gone, and it's all mother. And then at the beginning of Psycho 2, he's apparently sane again, and... We never find out how. And then, you know, he obviously goes crazy and becomes himself again. So I kind of wanted to just fill in that gap. That's really where the whole thing came from. And uh, that was that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So um, I read in your description that it was that it was pretty hard to, um, to find the right people, I guess, except for... Um, Deborah Lamb, you previously worked with her on your original short, Frenzy 3? Yeah, uh, I had met Deborah last year for the first time, and, you know, she was really good in that. And I had wanted to do something else with her. And um, I got to talking, and when I decided to do Mother, I just said, are you capable of doing this? And she's like, yes. And, you know, we read together, and she was fine. I'm like, all right, awesome, Mother's taken care of. But I gotta find a Norman Bates, you know. I want to find, and I don't want to just get like you know some random guy with you know black hair. I need to yeah, get somebody right. who, as close to humanly possible as Anthony Perkins, uh, <laughs> short of wanting Anthony Perkins or traveling through time. Two things I would love to do, but I can't. Right. So <laughs> yeah, so you know, I put up a casting, and of course. Um, I had a lot of submissions, and a lot of them were god awful and terrible. Uh, <laughs> and then I came ac- across uh, Chris Bostrom, and uh, I'm like, okay, this guy has something going on here. So I wrote him, and I actually even went as far as to try and solicit some of the Norman Bates actors from Universal Studios, you know? Wow. And they're just like, mm-hmm. they weren't interested. So I found Chris, uh-huh. I talked to him. He was ecstatic, and he'd actually been a fan, and he'd already been compared to Anthony Perkins most of his life growing up. So it just seemed pretty natural for him. Well, yeah. So that's actually a huge score. Like with, um, the type of character and person that he is real thin, you know, just yeah. looks like a whole uh, psycho in other words. 
<laughs> so I need somebody who had the the charm and then the same features as uh, Anthony. So with Chris and everything, he is about the same height, the same weight, um, and he was able to capture a lot of the mannerisms. His voice is a little different, and you know he's not a dead ringer, but if you kind of just close your eyes or squint and kind of just go with it, you definitely get a, a Norman Bates vibe from him, which is what was the real goal. The real goal was to just recapture the spirit as opposed to cloning. The um, only connection I had was watching Psycho 1 and 2 and then watching Part 4 to try, uh, try and understand um, what I wanted to do for Mother. I realized that going into this, I had two options. I could try and do an Olivia Hussey mother, or I can try and do the original version. And I realized that this is not the woman that raised Norman Bates. The character in my movie is the actual manifestation of what he sees, the personality that takes over. I just thought that, that was like brilliantly done the way that you the way that you did that. Like her her character and like her sneers and her voice and like it just really it really seemed like a terrible person that would probably drive me crazy, you know? Exactly. And I once again, I wanted to bring that voice to life. In the flashbacks in Psycho 4, Olivia Hussey is not, you know, the original voice actress. I, I'm, her name escapes me right now, but was it Virginia George? Uh, I think, think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Yeah. Well, she's not her. And... Again, I, I wanted to. Again, I just wanted to make that that voice come to life, and that was Deborah Lamb, basically. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm on your channel right now, Blinky 500. So mm-hmm. I'm going through the um your short films that you have, and I love the range and the selection. Like you got Beetlejuice, you got Michael Myers, you got Kruger, you got even like a super an X an X Men fan film. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to ask about that. How how did how was that finding all those people? How's like finding all those people? Yeah, all the um, cast members. Was it hard to look for that many different characters? Was it hard to deal with people's different personalities? How do you how do you really put stuff um, together? Well, it usually comes down to a couple of things. The first is what projects do I want to do? Then. Once I figure out that project, I ask myself, Does any, do any of my actors look like the characters that I want? And right. If they are, great. If they're not, that's a problem. Then, if I don't have actors that look at the characters I want, I cast out. And then I, it's a you know, simple casting process of finding who looks like the character, who do I get along with the most, and if I don't get along with them, I won't work with them again. And if I do get along with them, I'll invite them back and we'll just keep doing stuff. <laughs> and then a lot of, you'll see a lot of familiar faces if you watch all of my films. And that basically comes down to um, if I trust somebody and they're really good to me, I want to be good to them. And so I go, what do you want to do? What kind of characters right. do you want to play? And then they'll tell me, and then I'll find something that they can do. What is your thought process like? How do you come up with concepts um, and a lot of the concepts uh, are a couple of things. Like for the fan films, unless, um, or for the fan films specifically, I try to see what's trending. And I kind of want to be a part of that. 
because, you know, you want to stay relevant. And right. with Psycho, when I realized that Psycho was turning 60, I'm like, well, I better get on that. So <laughs> I decided to make my first film of 2020 be a Psycho short film. Um, in terms of other things, like, for example, last year I did a Myers web series. I had heard that there was going to be two sequels to the new Halloween, you know, alt sequel. I didn't care for that movie. However, they left a very big question, and the question was, what the hell happened in the last 40 years? What has Michael Myers been up to this whole damn time? How did he get arrested? How did he get caught? How did he get out? Like, all these (laughs) questions surfaced because they decided to erase 40 years worth of sequels. And I hated that, but I said to myself, okay, that's a new sandbox, and no one's played in that sandbox yet, and I want to be the first to get in there. So I started um, my Myers series. I did the same thing with Freddy Krueger. Um, I realized that there was no prequel movies. No one had ever done a full movie devoted to Freddy Krueger, the Springwood slasher. It was always the dream demon. And yes, you can make the case that there was that one episode where you see the trial of Freddy Krueger, and then you could say in part six you see his origin, but that's nothing. You know, we want to see we want to see how he got there. So for my Kruger series, I decided to do that. I decided to go into Freddy Krueger, the child murderer. And I wanted to remind mm. everybody out there who has the hots for Freddy Krueger and go, oh, my God, he's my dream man. Yeah, your dream man murders children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't, I'm not going into the whether or not he molested the children. That's not my thing, and I don't think he did. I think he was just a child murderer. Um, right. In the remake, they didn't think he just molested kids. That's not enough to get murdered, in my opinion. I think killing kids is worse than molesting children. But I'm not going to, you know, they both deserve to die. But I'm saying I think the worst of the worst is a child murderer. At least the child is alive if they're just molested. So I know someone will probably take that out of context in the future, but fuck right. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You got to be careful. But yeah, I'm uh-huh. saying if you have to choose. What's the worst case scenario? If you're going to murder a, a, a bad person, they should at least be also a murderer. So maybe yeah. Cooper just a child and skipped over the molesting phase of it. That's usually my thought process in terms of what I want to make. I want to make something that is either relevant or has not been done before. So with Freddy Krueger, it was his backstory. With Michael Myers, it was filling in that 40-year gap of how he got caught and what he was doing in that time, the effects it had on Maury Strode that drove her into becoming Sarah Connor. Um, And it just so happens now that Halloween Kills is basically going to steal my idea, but that's fine. Are you planning on making, like, full-length movies? Do you also make full-length movies? I've made full-length films before. The problem just comes down to budget. I can't afford to do, you know, features for pennies. Um, yeah, so I make yeah. the short as basically audition pieces. You know, I want to... If anybody says, yeah. like, oh, I have money, I'm interested in investing in your movie, what have you done? I can yeah. just show them everything I did. I did 27 short films last year. How much do you have to work with? What's one of those... Um... With one of barely them, a couple of hundred bucks for the most part. Like uh, her mother was just the cost of the props. Um, I bought the metronome. I bought the suitcase. I bought the knife. I bought the um, the wardrobe for mother herself. Like the shawl. I bought the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, we painted the room to look like an interrogation room. All that um, for my Myers series. The price of the mask and the coverall suits. Um, 
I do bare bones budgets just to tell anybody like I, cause I see a lot of fan films out there that cost thousands of dollars. Like, uh, a lot of Friday the 13th movie fan films are asking for like 30,000, 40,000, $50,000. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys using that money for? Right. Like, it's, it's a guy in a mask in the woods. Yeah. I've done Jason Ford. <laughs> And mm-hmm. if you, you want to get under mask, the under mask costs about between one fifty and three fifty, and then a hockey mask you can get for about eighty five to one hundred and fifty bucks. You're already working with a budget of five hundred dollars right there. Go to Walmart, get a machete, boom, you're done. Run around the woods and have fun. What do you need fifty thousand dollars for? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm not so, too fond of that. I'd like to show people anytime someone says oh i need to have all this like don't i shot um a john wick short film for 50 oh that's awesome that's so awesome i want to see i want to check that out because well and all honestly i thought the third john wick was kind of ridiculous especially the shootout i actually i actually make it make sense oh (laughs) well i'm gonna check it out my, my short film is called the many deaths of john wick Ooh, okay. The many deaths. Definitely gonna so look into that. Deal with, we deal with his uncanny luck and how it works. I really like how passionate you are. Like you can just tell that you know you're artistic in like you know in the film aspects of things, and that you really have some vision. And I like that you feel pretty much the same way how I feel when when horror films are like overdone. Like I was saying to Mike that I like the first two Hellraisers, but the rest are all just too much. Like, they just went too far. And then oh, they definitely jumped the shark after part three, but I will give part four credit for trying something new. I mean, I liked them just because they were Hellraiser, but I didn't enjoy them like how I enjoyed the first two. You know? Of course. The first two are, are a great... Um, my only favorites are in that uh, are just one, two, and four. I don't like three. I don't care for anything after five. I think they're all crap. Yeah. But I like four. But I like the idea of, you know, the lament configuration and how it came to be. Yeah. Yeah. That is what's really cool. Um, but I also wanted to talk about your one fan film, Warrior Predator. Um, I know it was premiered December 24th of last year, which great job um, getting that done by the holidays. Good for you. Thank you. Um, but also, like, I like how it says the video is sponsored by Grind Forest. What's Grind Forest? So it's the guy who gave me 50 bucks. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's just a, okay. a, 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 a wrote me. I had already finished the movie, and he's just like, can I get an ad in one of your movies? And I'm like, okay, what's your budget? And he goes, 50. I go, all right, final put a little thing at the bottom of the video and you know, I'll leave it up there for a little bit. I don't know how long it's going to stay there, but it's just 50 bucks. So that was that. <laughs> yeah. So are you native American in any like that you know of at all? Or no, I am not. I was 100% aware of that while making the movie that I am a oh. white man. And wanted to, <laughs> I was so so anal retentive and obsessed about making sure that nothing white came out of me in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So I worked with uh, Lexi McCowan, who plays Warrior in this, and she is 100%, you know, chalked to uh, nation, um, 
you know, Native American and everything. So once I had her cast, I just spent hours talking with her and asking about, you know, traditional uh, Native garments of the era. And she's just like, well, you know, I think in this. I'm like, no, find out for sure, please. Ask your grandmother. I don't care who I want to know. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, I am. there's no way in hell I'm going to fudge anything here. So it actually oh, came yeah. down to... Like, she sent me uh, artist drawings of, like, her grandmother did some drawings of what dresses used to look like and everything. And then um, I even went so far as to, like, when I went to the fabric store, I'm like, will this fabric work? Will this fabric work? Will this fabric work? And she's like, chill. I'm like, no, I'm not going to chill. I'm white. (laughs) (laughs) So we finally got the fabric down. I got the pattern down. And then I had to hand stitch that whole damn dress onto her. While I was filming Beetlejuice. Oh, wow. It was the same night because of a scheduling conflict. Um, she ended up uh, stuck in traffic and came a little later in the day, and I had already started working on Beetlejuice at that point. So in between takes and while people were taking five and you know having a snack, I'd run upstairs and hand-stitch the dress onto her with twine and a stubby-ass needle. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, I couldn't use my machine at all because, you know, it's a 500-year-old design. I don't want to mess that up. Oh, my God. You just, you got it all in your, you just, so you're filming two movies or films at one time, and this, the Warrior Predator, you were basically piecing together while you were in the middle of breaking for the other movie? Well, uh, sorry, the so Warrior Predator shot several weeks later but while i'm oh. in, during break of beetlejuice i am hand stitching the dress onto her and then once the dress is onto her i finish wrapping beetlejuice and then we go and take post uh, posters of her in the costume yeah you, you seem like you you keep pretty busy and like sounds like you're super talented too like before anyone complains, know that this short film was made on a budget of less than $500. That is hilarious, but it's just also incredibly immaculately fit, done. And Sometimes you need to see that because I can't tell you how many times people have watched my movies and, you know, A, thought that I had shot this on a larger budget. And you go, this sucks. I'm like, what did you think this is shot on? Well, you have like, like thousands of dollars. I'm like, Ugh. I'm shooting this on like like 1990s allowances, you know? Like, you get 20 bucks for the week. That's what I'm making the movie on. The creativity, though, is the thing that really does blow my mind. That's That takes so much from a person. And well, I feel that creativity is, is, you know, a key to being a, a good filmmaker. Um, I actually wrote about this. I have a couple of, like, not blogs, but a couple of think pieces I wrote about the process of filmmaking. And one thing I've always said was that um, the more you can do, the less you have to rely on anybody else. And that'll expedite things. You know, if I have to sit around and I have to have a DP and I have to have a sound guy and then I have to have a wardrobe guy and a makeup artist and I got to have some PAs and some extras, it's a nightmare. And you don't want to do that when you don't have a budget because now you're eating into other people's times, especially if you're using a, a public location or someone's home. It's just like they're going to have all these strangers running around their house versus right. it's you. It's, it helps make people feel more comfortable because they know that you're moving and you're going to get done. Right. And like I said, yeah. like you, 
you definitely feel like you have the the drive and everything to make your vision come to life, and it seems like that's what you're doing. Well, thank you. I think if you don't have a drive, quit. You know, what's the point of life? (laughs) And I love your attitude. You are just straight to the point. And I'll say this, just for anybody out there who's considering being a filmmaker, if you feel that you need to have a lighting rig and you want to have a director's chair and you want to have, you know, a crane and all this added equipment, do you also stand in front of the mirror and jerk off to yourself? Because it's purely masturbatory. All that. <laughs> well, you make a you a great point, and it comes straight from the source. I I wouldn't want to like if I were into making films, I would want somebody to put it straight forward to me like that too. I, I would add that you know if you're if you're doing this and you're working with people and you're not a big studio. You don't need all the, the razzmatazz and the glitz and the glam of having a director's chair with your name on it. You don't need that because any good director isn't going to have time to sit in a chair. Right. They're going to be out there. They're going to be working and walking around set. They're going to be on edge all the time, making sure that everything is taken care of. So if you're sitting down in a chair calling action, you better have a broken leg. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> What are you doing for for your free time? How do you wind down? This is how I wind down, actually, because I feel that when I'm not making movies, I go nuts because I oh. feel like I should be doing. Yeah, um, movies calm me down. They keep me uh, grounded, and they remind me all the time that you know my farts stink and uh, I'm not <laughs> handsome. You know, yeah. I, I, I shouldn't have to go. I'm in between movies right now. So I woke up this morning and just started writing more scripts because I need to plan out what I'm going to do uh, in the coming months. Oh, nice. And do you see yourself doing any, like, romance or drama or anything? Or will you just keep it I've more... I've done drama and I've done romance before. It's that I don't like to just do one particular genre. I really like mixing and matching. So oh, right, yeah. if I'm going to do a romance film, it's either going to be a romance action movie or a romance horror movie, and Ooh. same thing with drama. No, that's good. That's that, you're like you're super versatile, you know. And you, from what I'm gathering, you write, you produce, you direct, you costume design, or and even probably yep. set design. I think right. Yeah, that's incredible. That takes so much. Like, I mean, I made I made the set in uh, in Mother. Um, it was my friend's garage, and I helped him convert it into uh, an interrogation room. Well, how long did that take? Yeah. About two hours. Um, first, we had to paint the walls because it was a two-toned room. So it was a blue room when we walked in. I brought green paint, and we sectioned it off and painted the bottom half green. Then we had to turn his regular door into a door that looked a little bit more, you know, solid. So I had, we had to get a piece of plywood, drill or nail it to that door, add a handle. Then we set up the light system and put the table down and figured out, you know, how it would look. I laid down some um, floor pads so it would cover up the tiles and look more institutional. Like, yeah, I just... I don't know. It just it, it's common sense. Uh, if you look at a photo, you're like, oh, I got to make that photo. So I don't call it designing per se. It's just it has to look like that, and I make right. it look like that. Yeah. 
And I do it the cheapest way possible because I don't like spending money. Do you go to school currently for filmmaking, or is this really just all you? I'm 37 years old. I haven't been in school longer than I've been alive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any kids? Do they help you on the set? Do you, you know, what's your, how's your family fit into all this? Um, well, my family's on the East Coast, so, you know, I get to see them a whole lot these days. Um, I live with my wife, and she's a model and an actress, so when nice. she's not in a movie, just kind of hanging out and doing whatever. And, you know, I try to just keep all my shoots as close to home as possible. Has she, has your wife ever been in any of your films? Yes. Uh, if you were to look at uh, my X-Men short film, she played Jean Grey. She oh, was wow. Ultra Girl. Ultra Girl. Um, she was in my Rick and Morty short film. Uh, she played Wendy from wow. Wendy's Wrestling. And... Uh, it got taken down, but she was the bad guy in my mask short film uh, last summer. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we That's got so copyright cool. strikes by Dark Horse because they hate their fans. Oh, my. That's okay. They can have it their way, I guess. I think it's super cool that so you guys probably like bounce ideas off each other. She even, like, does she help you with set design and, like, costume making? No, it's pretty much all me. Um, we talk about ideas here and there for the most part. She's a very good springboard. Like, I'll throw something at her and, you know, sometimes you just need a person to tell the idea to and to see if it works. And if it computes with her, then it's a decent idea. And if she's not getting it, then i got to find a better way to tell it. Do you paint also? Do you pay any, uh, play any instruments? I'm just really interested. I'm just imagining what like, I cannot do is play instruments. I'm not good at music. I can do anything else. I can write, I can draw, I can sculpt, I can do makeup, but I cannot, for the life of me, play a damn instrument. That's still really awesome, though. <laughs> what is, if you don't mind me asking, what's your sign? I'm a Scorpio. Oh, okay. I'm a Libra. So, like, I'm pretty artistic, too, so I was just wondering, like, they say, like, Virgos, Libras, uh, I think, Aquarius also, or Pisces are like artistic and stuff. But hey, you never know. My thoughts but I think for me, it's just from, I don't know where, I guess my creativity is, you know, genetic because everybody in my family has a creative side to them. But I have, my drive, I think, just comes down to the way I, you know, think and function. I'm just a very driven individual. Like, I tell investors when I work with them, I go, I'm more serious than cancer, so don't make a deal with me you can't keep. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, you seem like you come across very strong and very straight to the point. So I guess you yeah. need to have that if you're, like, running your show. So, Well, I'm originally from New Jersey, so I think part of that plays a huge factor into it. I ain't got nice. time for the shit. <laughs> what part of New Jersey? Jersey City. Oh, cool. Well, I'm just asking because I was born in uh, Bloomfield, New Jersey, but I live in Philadelphia now, so... Cool, yeah. No, my, my family is from Brooklyn, and they originated and they emigrated into Jersey. So I grew up with a New York, New Jersey background with additional family in Staten Island. So, yeah, it's wow. just definitely like this hardcore, straight-to-the-point, vulgar uh, uh, style. I'm really hoping to see your stuff in, like, theaters. Are you planning on branching in that direction? I would be in theaters today if I knew anybody to put my shit into theaters. That's where I'm at. Right, exactly. 
It all just, it all comes down to who you know, and that's what I'm looking for right now. I'm trying to find, you know, the right people to partner up with who aren't liars and aren't, you know, wannabes, and then make a movie and then put that movie out there. Because I have features I would love to do. Um, yeah. And I have shorts on some of those features. It just comes down to, can it get made? And my answer is, yes, it can get made. Do you have money? And then find right. that person says, yes, I have Here, take it. Yeah, I I like what your bio says on your channel. Here's a playlist of all my trailers. If you like trailers and are too lazy to watch the whole movie, then this is for you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Pretty much. He has ADD nowadays, so I'm not going to placate. And I get a lot of people who say, like, oh, make a longer version of this. And it's just like, give me money. I'm not going to do a longer version. You get a five to ten minute short film for free. You want more, pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Straight to the point. Do you so? Do you enter your stuff in like film festivals? I've been in a few, but I am very hesitant to go into them just because it's you know it's a popularity contest driven by money, and um, I don't want to submit to a festival and not win. I and have to pay for it. I find that re- very insulting. So yeah. I only mm-hmm. go to film festivals I'm invited to be a part of. That makes a lot of sense. It it, it seems like a lot of um, competitions, I guess, are a lot of fluff, you know. Um, I've kind of oh, been yeah. involved in I, 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 the worst experience of my life about three years ago. Um, oh my God, what happened? Well, this one festival, I won't name the festival, but okay. they um, had reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to submit my films to their festival. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, okay. And they go, all right, here's our price. And I go, excuse me. Um, you just asked me if I wanted to put my film on your festival and you're telling me I got to pay you. You solicited me. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Okay. Uh, you could put your, fe- your film in our festival. Go, All right. Fantastic. So we put in, um, what my Kruger, uh, one of the Krugers, and then we put in my original, uh, horror film, uh, turned, uh, it's a vampire short film. And, you know, it, it, it's a fun piece. So my actor, Roberto Lombardi, who played, uh, Freddy Krueger, he gets a call from the festival and they go, Hey, we really liked, you know, your appearance in Kruger and everything. Would you like to come out and be a presenter at the show? And he's like, uh, and he's in, you know, Philadelphia, New Jersey area. And he's like, well, what, what do you need? He goes, well, we want you to present uh, an award uh, in this category. And it's a category in which my film was nominated. So I'm thinking to myself, Oh, wow. This, this has to be like, their subtle way of saying that I'm going to win an award because, you know, they're going to have my best friend present an award in the category that I was nominated for. And it's one of the movies that he was in. So it's like how serendipitous, you know, Uh and they're down in San Francisco. So I make the drive down there. He actually flies out for the weekend. We go to the festival. There is no one there for any of the screenings except for me, him and my wife. So we're in this big theater alone cool. watching all these short films. And I'm like, okay, well, the turnout's kind of crappy. But, you know, whatever. We'll stick around. We'll be cordial. Right. So um, we're there. And then every now and then people would come in, but they'd only come in for their own movies. So if there was a big premiere, everyone would come in. They'd watch their movie. They'd all go out and party. And then that was it. The end of the story. I'm like, well, this is kind of whatever. 
But then I, we get to my category. So I get to watch my movies. And I'm like, oh, cool, cool. There's my movie. And I see all the other movies that I'm nominated with. I'm like, okay, cool. This is no contest. I'm totally going to win this. This is in the bag. I mean, look what I'm up against. Right. So, so then the night of the awards happened. We got all dressed up. And we go there and everything. And they start handing out awards. And I'm seeing mm-hmm. all these short films that are getting awards. One particular short film is getting a ton of awards. And it's god-awful. And the guy who uh, was the producer of that short film was one of the judges. And I'm like, the hell? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, why the hell is he getting eight awards for a fest, for a film festival that he's a part of for a movie that he submitted? Like, you can't do that. That's cheating. I'm like, well, whatever. You know, whatever. Good for him. So then it comes down to me. So my friend goes up there, Roberto. He goes up there to announce the winner. And the winner is not me. It's somebody else. And I saw that movie, and that movie was trash. And I was <laughs> furious. I lost in both categories. And I'm like, you're telling me you had my best friend announce an award. Nobody else was present. None of the winners were present. And I didn't win a damn thing. I got so upset. And it's not about ego at this point. That's just, that's just dirty pool. You know, why would you have my friend, my actor, announce an award for a category that I was nominated in and not even give me the damn award. I can understand if he was doing a different award, but it's the fact that it was my film. That yeah. Me off. Yeah. So, um, I then tallied all the winners and I realized all the winners were part of the festival. And I realized that this is a circle jerking contest. These guys are literally all just there jerking themselves off, having a good time. And nobody uh, who had a good film actually showed. It was only people who had bad films that were there that won because it was their damn festival. So at that point, I kind of just said, screw it. I'm never paying to go into a festival again. And if I show, fine, but I, I don't want to get invested into it anymore. Yeah, but I, I, you know, that's just the sad world of competition, unfortunately. From little things that I've it's noticed. It's not even competition. These guys had their own festival just so they can award themselves. It's a pat on the back well, of the show is what it was. That definitely does suck. And I'm really sorry that you had to experience that because, you know, you definitely are somebody who's driven and talented and definitely deserves to be recognized for the film well, that you, you are coming out. Thank you. Yes, I, don't, I don't harbor any grudges. I basically take everything with a grain of salt and I'm just like, what? Well, screw it. I know what I'm worth. Yeah, and it definitely sounds like you know. I guess before we let you go, um, what's up next for you? What do you uh what do you have in the pipeline? Anything uh, anything cooking? Good question. So um this coming Friday, uh or Thursday night rather at midnight, I will be releasing Domino, um, my X Force fan film. Um so that's coming out. Uh, Domino, if you may or may not know, was in Deadpool 2, and I personally did not care for that incarnation of Domino. I felt that that was not the uh, most comic-accurate version, so I decided to do one myself. And oh, nice. We'll be released. Yeah. I, I, that's another thing I'd like to do with Phantoms, by the way. If Hollywood bastardizes a character or misrepresents a character or poorly does a character, I kind of try to say, hey guys, this is how it's done, and then just make my version of it. So we have Domino coming out on Friday, and then on February 11th, I'll be releasing Chapter 2 of my original series, Haunted City, which is about a vigilante ghost. Ooh. 
That sounds fun. Very interesting. It is. It's like a horror action series because you a protagonist is this ghost and it's basically you know she avenges uh you know other souls who are kind of trapped in loops and whatnot and it's gonna get pretty wild i'm gonna do uh, seven chapters uh this year so far well that's awesome so i'm guessing this is already um basically ready to go you just have to like find the people well, chapter or do you two have... is complete already yeah oh, chapter wow. two is complete it's going to be releasing on the 11th. And then I'm going to be filming Chapter 3 um, later uh, in February. And then I'm going to be doing Chapter 4 at the end of February, early March. Chapter 5 I'm going to be shooting uh, in April. And then i got to do Chapter 6 in May, just in, and 7 in May, just because uh, a couple of my actors are on the East Coast and I'm allotting for their schedules. So. Yeah, that sounds great. Oh, and we'll definitely... we're also going to do a horror-themed Men in Black. Oh. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so if everyone is seeing, like, I'm interested to see who, who... I'm interested to see who you have um, playing. So are you going to stick to the whole uh, Tommy Lee and Will Smith nope. look? Or are you going to... No. No. We're going to have um, a male and female agent. Our lead female is actually going to be Deborah Lamb. Oh, wow. So she's going to be our Tommy Lee Jones character type. And then we're going to have uh, Heath Harper, who played my Beetlejuice, be her uh, partner. Wow. But yeah, so when's that one coming out? We're going to start filming that um, in, I want to say, the end of February, maybe. Um, Awesome. uh, Raising some funds for some costumes and props for that. But uh, that's going to be a nice, like very serious men in black like it's gonna be more like an episode of criminal minds oh wow with men in black yeah that's, that's a sweet twist so like i want to be able to follow, like continue to follow your stuff and like so um I, and give feedback and stuff so just would you recommend commenting on the bottom of the page or is there any comments on this video i will respond um you can always uh go to the discussion thread in my channel. Uh, I respond to all posts on there as well. Uh, nice. There's just me on Facebook. I always am a very talkative guy. And we'll definitely, hopefully, at some point have you back again to uh, discuss upcoming projects. You know, as you release more stuff, we can hopefully have you back at some point to talk about some more. Oh, absolutely. I'm always available. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Everybody, if you don't know, Check out Blinky500 on YouTube, like the videos, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, let us know what you think, and um, stay involved, you know? Thank you. That's great, and uh, we'll be right back. Awesome. All right, all right. Welcome to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Oh, Dave, Dave, hold the phone there, man. This isn't a show. It's a promo. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Wait, a a porno? With just the three of us? Well, I guess I'm game if you guys are. No, 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 you idiot. A promo. Oh, promo. I, I knew that. I was just cracking wise. Okay, can we do this now? 
Ah, wait, looks like I lost my notes. What are we gonna do? Of course, okay, look, I'll, I'll handle this. All right, everybody, I'm Christian. You may know me from TJF13, this guy over here. That's Dave Z. You may know him from Banana Laser, The Skeleton Crew, the ABCs of Hidden Horror, and this guy, this guy over here, that's Brandon. That's Brandon? That's it? That sucks, man. Yeah, what the hell's with that? There's nothing else you can say? No, not really. Well, he's quick with a joke. Or a light of your smoke. But there's someplace that I'd rather be. Ah, who cares about us? Let's say something about the cast. Okay, cool. We're the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. We review, dissect, critique, and make fun of horror movies new and old. Sounds a little bit cliche, but I guess it's okay. Dave, why don't you tell them a little bit about some of our big shows, like the 40 Years of Horror, our Top 50 Slashers, even our classic format of pairing a new and an old movie together. Yeah, and how I have to edit like three, four hour shows twice a month just because we watch and review so damn much. Yeah, and how we do feature length reviews, shorter length, round robin reviews, top 20 topics, and a lot of fun interaction with listeners. That about covers it. All right, sounds good, guys. I knew we could do it. Tell the fine folks out there where to find us, Dave. Oh, yeah. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast can be found on Horrorophilia.com, the Horrorophilia Network, LegionPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere that fine podcasts are heard. All right, that's a wrap. Now, guys, tell me, what's the deal with this uh, porno? Are you the caboose or the engine? Them's the jokes, folks. <laughs> Now that was an interview. See, that's how you do it, Amber. And I mean, <laughs> you nailed that. You really I did. I because so, I mean, at first, like I said, I could tell, and then throughout the time, I could tell that I was like, I because I just, but then I just brought it back to life with something else, or, but I was also. I, I am, like I said, interested in the person's stuff, and I did look through their page, and I did have genuine questions. But then when I came to the spot where I didn't know what to say, that's when I was asking him about his family, asking him, you know. Right. And that's, uh, you know, that's definitely, like I said, it's it's casual and it's good. And I really think you, uh, you know, you brought out good conversation. And that's important. That's kind of at least um, what what I like to see, at least with, interviews is more of like the conversation aspect yeah i had so much fun that was my first one and much like my new uh cake they're just going to get better over time yes well i mean (laughs) and like i said that's the first of many yeah that's hilarious uh, yeah that 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 cake though i really you know (laughs) now i'm in the mood for cake damn it i know i'm sorry some personal trainer (laughs) I know that's gonna go right to my thighs. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no I'm, uh, I mean, that's one of my problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's more than I can take and stuff into my arm for the tattoo. So I'll just take from there, and that that'll be good. Um, so I'm just looking over some stuff for um, news items because uh, back, I guess when we first started, and I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, but this is the tenth year. Of uh, yeah, Rabbit and Red. And that's June, awesome. June will be... Uh, June 17th will be, I guess... 
10 years since this officially started. Wow. You should have um, a decade celebration. Uh, I should. But uh, <laughs> I may not. I mean, there's, 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 there's one specific person that I kind of don't want to have to deal with anymore that was involved with the show. And I won't name names because if, they are, if they're listening at some point and uh, but they actually run the they actually run the page that you liked. Oh, awesome. Before, yeah, yeah, they run that page. Wow. Yeah, they're um, it's clickbait, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so I'm looking here and I see. Um, I was very surprised to see that they're actually doing a fourth Matrix. I know. Now. I saw that too, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't have too much faith in too many people. Um, and see, the thing is, like with the Matrix, I, I like them. I really, you know, uh, I don't remember the third one too much. Um, but uh, yeah, because I think that's the one that I watched the least. Actually, I think I only saw the third one once. So yeah, I don't remember much about that one. But uh, the first one I love, obviously. There's there's no way you can't love that movie, I think. Yeah, that's um, true. I, I think what needs to happen is I think uh, Keanu needs to not do The Matrix 4 and just move on to John Wick 4. Now, I've, I haven't seen John Wick 3 yet, so I don't know. But, um, oh, well, with not much else being said, I'm going to check out uh, Chris Chris's fan fiction of John Wick 3 because I, I'm not really a fan of John Wick 3. Did you like John Wick 2? Or were you kind of like, eh, I was, on that one? Yeah, I was indifferent about it. John Wick, obviously the first one was great, and that's what right. made me watch the second one. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with the second one. Then I saw the third one, and, you know, I'm just... I'll let you watch it and you be the judge. Well, now I'm going to have to watch it. I think before we record again, because I have to. Uh, I think so, because I, I want to hear what you what you say. What should I watch? So, Jeez, hmm. uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's a. Uh, oh well, we'll see if. um, We'll see if that Lauren Ashley Carter comes through. If she does, we'll do that. Um the gags, the clown, and the darling thing and all that, if that works well, out. Because, well, darling in and of itself is like, um, um, see, Chris talking about the original Psycho kind of got me thinking about that, because that's kind of like what darling, I mean, reminded me of just in the way, uh, I mean, no, I can't say that it was shot like Psycho, but it is, you know, it is in black and white, and it, it's basically just one person almost for the entire movie it's an hour and 16 minutes and it's it's basically just this woman um like her descent into madness it really is just like hey you know what even if even if um lauren doesn't come on for the next you should really try to watch that because that one is really really good okay what's it called it's uh, Darwin. I think I sent you a link to it somewhere. Well, if you could just resend it, and yes. then I'm definitely going to check it out. I will definitely do that. As soon as we finish here, I will resend it to you. 
Um, do you watch uh, you watch Stranger Things? Do I watch what? Stranger Things, the Netflix. Uh, I've um, I've seen some episodes. I I'm not an avid follower, but oh, that's just my pattern with like series. Oh, thank God, because I, you know, I'm glad I'm not the only one, because everybody's oh, like, okay, I, was, good. I, I was hoping you weren't going to hope that I was like, no, 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 because everybody's like, oh, my God, Stranger Things, dude, you have to watch Stranger Things, it's the best know, show in the world. I know, and then you watch it, and it's like, uh, okay, what's so good? They're like, it takes you back to the 80s, and no, I, no, it doesn't. Right, exactly, <laughs> and I sat there, and I watched... Okay, I watched the first four episodes, and I was like, you know what? I'm like, this is this is like torture to get through. I feel like I'm just like, uh, you know, uh, being waterboarded or something. Because you're, yeah, you're, that's pretty much how I feel. Because like, it's I don't know, it's good in like in in a way where I, I guess the quality of things is good. And it's not a shitty show, but it's just not, I don't know. And everybody's like, Stranger Things 3 is in a mall. It's in a mall. You have to watch it because it's in a mall. Do I give a fuck? No. (laughs) It's in a mall. Who cares? Yeah, sure, when I was younger, everybody would go to the mall and walk around the mall and whatever, but who cares? Nobody does that anymore. I mean, granted, okay, you're trying to go back to 1985. Whoop-de-doo. I just yeah. can't do it. Well, season four shoots soon. I don't care, but I'm sure some people listening probably do. I'm sorry. I don't like it. Amber probably really doesn't like it. But if you like it, season four shoots soon. And I think, God willing, that's going to be the end of it. That's it. No more. I hope so, too. No more. I just want it to be over, pretty much. I want it to be over for selfish reasons. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, that that that's that's the best reasons. Uh, <laughs> now, um, you, I'm guessing you had to have seen um, John. I mean, I I don't know if you you like older movies. You've said so. I don't Do know I if I you've like? seen. I know you like older movies. Oh, you've right. said. Now I don't know if you've seen. Um, the thing, like the original thing from like nineteen fifty something. That's Is that old. the blob thing? Uh, or... Well, no. Well, that's 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 different. The blob is oh. the blob is 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 the blob. But the thing is like a a creature thing where they're up in the Arctic. Is, this a, is and, that the swamp thing or something? Uh, let me see. Because I know no, swamp thing from like the comic books. Right. No, it's not. Did you see? Um, I'm trying to think. Did you see the one from the '80s that John Carpenter did called the thing? Did you see that one? No. So I'm, that's something I'll, I want to check out. Oh boy, yes, that's that's another good one. That actually is a good one. Um, well, they're doing because they did a prequel to that in uh, 2011, and now they are doing now Blumhouse. Now, Blumhouse, um, I used to think that they were pretty decent. Um, but now it just seems like they're hit or miss with a lot of things. Um, but now Blumhouse is developing a new version of the thing 
because there was um, some novelization of it or some novel that was written, like an original novel. And there's extra material from this novel that they just found. So they're remaking it again and they're including that um, long lost um, uh, chapters or whatever. I don't know. But uh, that's something. But you've never seen the thing. Um, that's. Uh, have you seen any John Carpenter movies aside from Halloween? Any what? John Carter movies? Any John Carpenter movies beside Halloween. Oh, actually, you know what? Probably, but I just didn't know. You just didn't was... realize they were Carpenter. Yeah. Okay. I love old school horror films. And I know that they're, the acting is usually pretty crappy, but I just like it for like the graphics and the arts and stuff. Right. No, definitely. I, I, I definitely get that. I'm trying to think. I'm going to have to think of some... You know what? I'm going to have to think of some Carpenter things and see, because I'm sure that you've actually seen them. I'm going to have to think of some, because maybe we'll have to cover some at some point. That should be interesting. I would actually like to at some point. I don't know if you'd be interested, but maybe we could do like a, um, because, you know, you're into Star Wars like myself. Maybe we could do like a um, special thing where we cover all of the Star Wars movies. That sounds amazing. And it should be like a two-part episode. Well, what I was thinking, well, I'm, well, we can talk about that, but I had, I had, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how this could work, but, um, figure how many Star Wars movies are there? There's the nine and then there's Rogue One. There's Solo. I love Rogue One. You should definitely, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I have to watch that one. That's yeah. Solo and Rogue One are the two that I have not seen. I've seen everything else. Yeah, I've seen everything. I, I else. like Solo, just because like I, I like just like I like the Mandalorian. You know, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, like I those watch that too. in the same way. Yeah. See, and it sucks because I, you know, I got Disney Plus, and I wanna, I wanna watch the Mandalorian. My problem is every time I go on to Disney Plus. I see The Simpsons and I'm like, I want to watch The Mandalorian, but something keeps me clicking on The Simpsons. So that's what I do. Like, I'm, I've started to uh, rewatch them all over again. And I'm oh, up yeah, to, yeah, I'm up to season six now. I think I just started season six. But eventually, also, yeah. If you haven't seen that, that show Messiah on Netflix, you should definitely check it out. What is because that? Because it was something. It it was something that it's a it's a it's um it's a sitcom mm-hmm. or no wait, is that the right word no well anyway no it's not a sitcom but like it's a, it it has series you know it's a, it's a show right and it's about some guy that like could be mistaken as the Messiah in a biblical sense or he mm-hmm. could just be a really good con artist and like the CIA is out to get him and he has like enemies, but at the same time he is performing miracles. But then at the same time, his brother comes out and like, is like our uncle taught us how to do magic, you know? So, but it all takes place happening in the middle East. It's some middle Eastern guy with long hair, you know, the typical Jesus look, right? but who like 
makes miracles happen, but then contradicts even himself by doing, by having like erratic behavior and then also people coming out and talking against him. And then also the CIA and some undercover, like other, you know, uh, I don't know, Iranian Palestinian police, you know, Oh wow. Coming after this guy. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. It's a lot better than I thought it was. And I gave it a shot cause I didn't know what else, you know, but also, like, I just wanted to see, like, what what's what's this story going to be this time? Because you hear so many different stories, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... yeah. I'm going to have to give that a watch. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, either overly religious mm-hmm. or, like, overly just obscure. And it's actually it's actually pretty good. It's got a good story going, and I'm pretty I'm looking forward to the second season. Oh, so they did they already pick it up for a second season, or is it still kind of like in limbo? I don't know, actually. I don't know. Mm. But uh, on that topic, I'm looking forward to the Last Kingdom coming out season four. Mm. So nice. You'll have to look to oh to check that out too. And. Finally here, I'm looking at this other thing that I really wanted to talk about because I am big into Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters. Now I see they're making making another one um, that is a direct sequel to the second one from 1989. Um, So they have all of the original cast back. Um, Have you seen have you seen Ghostbusters? Are you? uh... Yep, I've seen Ghostbusters. I haven't seen the all lady ones. Neither have I. I the other old ones. Yeah, but you didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't see the all the all lady one either. I've heard um, very mixed things about that, and I'm kind of, um, I don't know. It scares me. <laughs> I think sometimes the, the equal rights people just goes too far. I I, I I I love females, but I can't. I, I just no, can't bring myself I, to. I am a woman. I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, don't. It's a classic. Just let it be. Yeah. Right. Well, they have this new one that's coming out. That's like call it the third film because it takes place after the second one back from '89. That was made in '89. Um, so the original cast is now pretty much all back except for um, Harold Ramis because he's dead, and. Um, and now it seems that Rick Moranis, who played the lovable um, neighbor and accountant to Dana Barrett, is oh, wow. now out. He Well, he retired from acting back in, I want to say, the early 90s because his wife died of cancer. So he kind of like bowed Whoa. out of um, show business at that point. That's pretty sad. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I forget what kind of cancer it was, but it was really like they were like really in love and I think that her death just kind of like crushed him to an extent so um you know but uh so all of the original cast are back except for him which is kind of a shame because I was uh I was hoping maybe at least he would pop up for even just a few seconds but (laughs) oh well (sighs) but that uh seems like that's the end of another rabbit in red Amber's first my um oh geez i lost count (laughs) (laughs) but uh and yeah that's a good thing because i think if i actually did keep count um i'd have a problem (laughs) 
but uh, we have a lot of interesting stuff in the pipeline coming up. Um, Amber, you did a brilliant job. I cannot wait to see where things go from here. I just think we're going to grow and we're going to get better and uh, good things from here on out. Woohoo! I feel exactly the same way. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, for Amber, I am Michael J. And we will see you guys next time. Awesome. Have a good night.
That was horrible. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.